0: like to ask you to take your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And uh, before we get started, I, I want to throw out another kind of a shout out. Uh, Monty did one for Katie and congratulations and a big congratulations to Kalen Mayberry. Way to go Kalen. He uh, received his Eagle Award uh, last night. And many of you are there, um, and that was just a, a neat time, proud moment for mom and dad. So we're glad for that. Okay, we have come to a very important uh, time in our study in Colossians chapter 1. And um, if you have been really tracking with what Paul has been saying in Colossians 1... We understand now a bit more of Paul's emphasis, what it has been. He's been uh, writing in such a way to give us a better understanding of who Christ is, who Jesus really is. And that was Colossians 1, 15 through 17, saying, here he is. This is the one, and you don't want to add anything to him. He's the preeminent one and then not only of who Jesus is he goes on to describe of what Jesus has accomplished and that is reconciliation and we talked about that a little bit last week 8 verses 18 through 22 and then he's he's just saying here's what he's doing and here's what he will be doing and we looked at that and and uh it culminates with here's Christ in you the hope of glory and uh That's a a phrase that every Christian needs to be reminding themselves of. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And this is the kind of thing, you just need to keep telling yourself that. That's the truth of what God's saying here in his word. Now, he moves on into saying, now, here, listen to this. Here's now what you start doing. Here's what you start doing. That's, what, that's where we're at now in verse 28. Colossians 1, verse 28. And we're going to look at 28 and 29 and then a little bit into, into verse 1 of chapter 2. It goes like this. Verse 28. We proclaim Him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose... Also, I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf. Okay, guess what, folks? We just entered into what I'd like to call, and I've entitled it in your bulletin, we just entered into the situation room. Okay? The situation room. Not on CNN. (laughs) Not even in the White House. The White House has a situation room. For those that don't know, it's a big, huge conference room. Okay? It's an intelligence management center. And everyone that's a part of that, being in there for a situation room time, gets a daily briefing. And they need to be up on that, and here's what's going on. And it's really, and you know, this, this, uh, here's where the intelligence place, you know, and the intelligence information starts being passed around. Why? Why do we have a situation room? Does anyone know why we have a situation room in the White House? John F. Kennedy said, we, we need to have this. Why? Because of, if you were alive in those days, the Bay of Pigs And that failure. And the information need that was required of leaders. So it's a very interesting connection here that we make. Because you, if you're a Christian, here's the situation room for the church. All right? We proclaim Him. That's what it starts with. Okay? So, in your... On your outline, you can follow along. Um, Number one is... Here's the strategy of this ministry. This ministry being the church. The strategy of this ministry. And you know what? You can get a daily briefing... uh, If you're a part of that White House team. And if... Here in regards to the church... You get this one, I I like to call it the playbook. And you open the playbook of the church, and guess what? There's only really one play. There's really only one theme in the playbook of the church. We proclaim Him. Okay? And you think, well, okay, that's the pastor's job. Well, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Yes, it's the pastor's job and the pastor needs to proclaim one person constantly. And you think, don't we get kind of tired of that? Don't we get need something new and fresh? Yes. Jesus. That's what we need over and over and over again. And you think, really? Just Jesus? Yes! Because of the The array of characteristics and attributes that Jesus has. And if you're thinking how boring, then you don't know Jesus. We need to proclaim Him. And now, all the other things that can happen in a church, there's good things, all sorts of things that can happen in a church ministry, it's great. But it comes back to this one thing. We proclaim Jesus. That's the play. Run it. That's the strategy. Let's do it. And see, I know, I know. There's something in me that if I'm sitting there, I can think, yeah, yeah, okay, I hear you. I got that. And yet, we don't have that. We need to keep coming back to it time and time again. i think that's you know you know it's 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 the strategy it's the one play it's the key and the key here is under number 1 the key is proclamation proclamation now we do it on a sunday morning where we proclaim the word of god who is jesus in the beginning was the word john chapter 1 and the word became the word was god and the word became flesh okay I I jumped to verse 14. I recognize that now that I just said that. Okay. But the word was God and the word was with God. And then later in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. So we do that as a church. We're Parkside Bible fellowship. We do it. We want to keep doing this and proclaim him. But you, my friend, you are to proclaim Him in your life. You're to proclaim Him as a part of this ministry where we come together on a Sunday morning, but this is not church alone. The church is out in the community. The church is in your home. Here it is. And we come together like this and say, here's church. And I've said this before, but... I know that we have a building and it's really nice. You know, it, this, it's paid for. It's wonderful. But what's not wonderful is that we get into coming in this room and thinking, I've done my duty. I've, I've done it. I've, I've, I've done my thing for God. And now I go off and I, I live however I want. I know that's a little exaggerated, but it, coming into a service... A lot of the thinking is that we've, we've, okay, I got my mark checked off. And yet, that's not the way God intended the ministry to be, nor your life to be that way. God intended it to be that you would be shining lights in a dark community. And so that we'd share the truth of Jesus by, by our words... And by our lives, our actions, and that there's proclamation in your life of Jesus Christ, of the gospel, of principles of living. Yes. The problem is, I get to thinking that the principles of living, if I just share that enough and show that I'm a really good guy and I can do the job, that way people will see. And I'm learning, and I'm still learning. People don't need my principles they don't need to just see a good a good woody out there a goody woody (laughs) you didn't think that was coming (laughs) They they need to hear the gospel we need to know the gospel and share the gospel and this is what the situation room is about we keep coming back. Are you doing this? Is this, is the strategy going? Here's the strategy. Is it happening? And you know what? If the key is proclamation, you know how it's done? You know how proclamation is done? The Bible gives it to us right here. This one of the, it, this verse just unfolds. Simply stated, proclamation is, here's the preaching. And what is the preaching? It's admonition and teaching. There it is in verse 28. Look at it. We proclaim him. How? Admonishing every man. And teaching every man with all wisdom. Okay? So it's through admonition. That's the first sub-point there. Through admonition. What is admonition? It's an exhortation. It's a warning. It's counsel. It's all those things. It's correction. It's confronting it's all that now when it gets to being a warning and confrontation it's like can't we leave that part of the definition out i like counsel give me some counsel that's softer but when it's really about a warning and about con- confrontation and even correction it's like ah we don't we don't want to go there and yet that's what admonition is it's the idea of calling to mind calling to my mind or someone else's mind calling to someone's mind a course of action a correct course of action how do we know it's correct it's the word here's the word that i want to i want to share that and Many of you right now, maybe it's that you're saying, oh, but you know, I've had somebody do that to me before. And that really turns me off because they come at it in a very condescending way. Yeah. Have you had that? You know what I mean? It's done in a condescending way. And we have to be careful not to just say, well, uh, I didn't like that, and so I don't want to deal with the admonition part. I'd just rather have the teaching part, and I let, let me do my thing. Let me live my life in, kind of in my own way. But see, we're, we're just pushing the delete button on part of God's word about admonition. I can't, and, and this is hard, it's hard for all of us, but I can't really say, well, I didn't like the way they condescended on me and, and, and correcting me. What do I have to do? I need to do what? I need to evaluate. Is this true? Do I need to change? Yeah, they might not have done it in the best way, but I need to evaluate what's been said. I need to get back to the heart of the issue, the core of the issue, and say, is this real? Is this true? And thus, admonition has its place in our lives. Warning. I mean, wouldn't you want to, you know yell and scream at a driver if he's not paying attention and a, 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 a boy or a girl is riding a bike out there and all of a sudden fell and the bike is there on the street and there's the boy and wouldn't you want to yell and say stop and you know here's a warning we do that in, a, in physical literal ways but when it comes to spiritual things we think no that's off limits we shouldn't have to go there I don't want to really offend them, you know, all that. And so part of the issue of proclamation, and I'm just talking about amongst Christians, the issue of admonition gets kind of unplugged. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say right after the service, you need to go, you know, mano y mano with someone and go up to their nose and say, you know, you did this. no. I'm not talking about that. It's just in the, in the spirit of what Jesus Christ gave as our example. You see, admonition goes for the unbeliever also. If you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I warn you, I warn you about the wrath of God that will come upon sinners who have no savior. The wrath of God will come upon those who do not have a Savior. You must be born again, Jesus said. And all he's saying there is you must be saved. Or, you know, you must be uh, brought to faith in God. You, You must have faith in God through Jesus Christ. You must. Or else you will face the wrath of God on your own. And you won't have someone standing up for you in the courtroom of God and arguing your case. You'll be on your own before God and you will be guilty of sin against God. You must be born again. You must come to faith in Jesus Christ. And a lot of this is, you know, we, we don't talk this way much in our, in our you know, current culture. Because what we talk about in our current culture is about felt needs and things that we're dealing with. And yeah, there's issues that are important in our lives. There's no question. But that's where it ends. Just the issues of life. And here's what we're dealing with in in Nevada. Or here's what we're dealing with in America. And yet the mind is not stretched to the eternal issues. And that's what we want to do here is say, you know what? We've got an eternity to face. And for some, that eternity will be separation from God. Is that you? Will you be separated from God or will you be with God eternally with God because of Jesus? Okay. So also listen, calling to mind a correct course of action Parents, it starts at home. You know that. <laughs> if you don't know that, um, you need to talk to someone. <laughs> but a correct course of action starts at home. You you show this at home, and it's not just because dad said so. It's not that. It's not because of that. It's because of who, Jesus. Because of God. Because the Bible. Here's the the truths of God and His Word coming forth to help you, mom and dad. Admonish your children. They need it. Okay? And then it it starts at home. And then when people come and join and say, I'm going to go to church. Well, hopefully they can see the parallels at church. Because it's a item of action that needs to happen within the christian body okay done in a in a way that's honoring to the lord you know um there's just a lot of issues here i want to mention some things for you parents at home jot down these references proverbs 29 15 and 17 proverbs 29 15 and 17 proverbs 3 11 and 12 regarding the church admonition within the church with with one another's uh, romans 15 verse 14 do you understand romans 15 verse 14 is saying that you members in a in a body of believers you're to admonish one another you're to admonish one another and you think, I can't do that. Yes, you can. As if we're spending time in the Word and learning the Word more and more, yes, we can admonish one another in a spirit of humility, in a spirit of dependence on Christ. Do you know of someone that says, I'm a Christian, but they're not living for Christ? Do you know someone? And, and, and a lot of times churches say, figure, well, call the pastor. Get him to, you know, talk to, you know, whoever it is. <laughs> and in Romans 15, verse 14, it's really saying, admonish one another. And we're in such a state of, of existence now in America where we don't cross certain lines. And this is one of them. We don't want to cross that line for fear that, you know, we're, we're stepping on toes. So the church is being called to do the job of the church in this regard through admonition. We warn others about the consequences of rejecting Christ and we need to warn others about the consequences of living for the flesh if, you're, if, if it's a, a Christian that you're talking about. We want to be used of God. This is, this is a part of ministry. And yes, it's a difficult issue. But the reason behind it all is because of a risen Savior. And we want to honor Him. There's all sorts of examples. I'm not going to get into it now. But, you know, over the years, you know, there's there's reminders of, of confrontations or of One on one times of talking to some pleading with someone, you know, you've made a profession of faith in Christ. So walk with him. Don't turn away from him. Walk with him. Walk with Christ. Do it by way of his word. Well, proclamation happens through admonition and through teaching. Teaching complements admonition. Giving forth God's instruction found in the Bible. That's that's a part of teaching. Initially, we teach that people can be made right with God. There's the offer and the uh, invitation of salvation. That's a part of teaching or exhortation in it. But it's also ongoing. It's, it's a systematic approach to teaching the Bible. Understanding here's, here's what we need to learn to grow in our faith. Many of you, I know, you're growing in your faith. And it's not just because of Sunday morning. It's because you're going to uh, Monday night men's study. Or you're going to Monday night ladies' study. Or there's a home flock group that you're a part of. And you're growing because of that. You're in the Word of God. And that's what's going to help people of faith to grow. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Okay? Okay. What did Jesus say in His Great Commission? If the Great Commission would be the, here's the theme behind the, the, uh, the situation room of the church, Matthew 28 is, is just hollering it out. Go therefore and make disciples, teaching them, teaching, teaching them. Okay? So that's the, the teaching aspect is, is there in Matthew 28. And it's just an effort to say, "Here's the word of God. Here's the word of God. More and more and more." And it's been said by many that people listen. People cannot know Christ better without knowing the Scriptures better. You say you want to you want to grow in your faith. I would say everyone. If we had that question up on the screen when we when Brendan led that, everyone's oh duh yeah I want to grow in my faith. But by saying yes to that, then it's a matter of saying, I will then be in the Word more and more and more. I, I tell you, maybe I've referenced this before, but I getting out of college and getting into a church in Southern California, I know, I had the attitude like, well, I just wish these dummies would get going with this, you know, and learn more. There's an arrogance... In in ministry. And that that should not be. There always ought to be the. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well that's the idea here. Hunger and thirst after the word of God. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to know Christ better. And then he says in all wisdom. In all wisdom. That's the completion now of the points under number one. Through admonition, through teaching, and in all wisdom. All of this is to be done in, with wisdom. Wisdom being the issue of saying, let's do this in the right way, proper way. We've got knowledge, but let's. how do we do this in the best way? Wisdom. In the spirit and attitude of Jesus Christ. In all wisdom. Not, not because of a drive for control. There's a lot of churches... Over In the past that we've heard of, or been a part of, or even now that we know of, where there's an issue of, I, there's got to be a control issue. Well, here it's saying it's in all wisdom, not out of manipulation. Okay, number, number two in the outline is the goal of this ministry. We have the strategy, and now the goal. The thing we just keep going for and aiming at is that we would present every man complete in christ now that's not a machoism there every man it's every person that we would present every person complete in christ what's the key to this you ready look at me look at me the key is perfection why do we why do we keep going any further here it's like you see it there verse 28 So we may present every man perfect in Christ. Well, it's the word and how it's defined. It's about completeness. It's about wholeness, fullness. And really, this is what the issue is. Maturity. It's for maturity's sake. It's as if you've grown out of childhood. Okay, how many kids do we have here? We have children here. Children, how many of you want to stay the age you are? You want to stay the age you are? Some of you do. You want to stay the age you are. Well, you don't have a choice. You can't stay the age you are. (laughs) You have to, you you just keep growing. And now we get into this thing of, you know, we know, it's like we say, we know people that are, are full adults, but they're acting like a fourth grader for crying out loud. Or Do I go lower or higher? I mean, we know people that are fully grown adults, but they have no uh, strength and maturity in their life. They've not been serious about the things of life. And so they look like an adult, but they act like a little child. And we can recognize that physically, but do we recognize it spiritually? And I think not. A lot of times we don't recognize it spiritually. but See, that's the, that's the idea with the situation room. It's saying, let's move on to maturity. Because this is the goal. You want to mature physically, but spiritually, let's, let's do it. Let's mature. And the points underneath perfection is to affect everyone. This goal is to affect everyone. Not just the select few. Count the times that verse, that one verse, says every man. Count it. How many times? Every man, every man, every man. Three times in one verse. It, it the 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 pursuit of it, the the flow of it is saying here. It's for everyone. We admonish every man. We teach every man. In a, in in all wisdom and then we want to present every man complete in christ see it's making a strong emphatic statement and there's not to be a hierarchy in the body and if the elders stop communicating like we did this morning and we start doing things just randomly that's not a good sign You know, we need to be, you know, communicating well with you. The idea of a board of elders comes across like as a hierarchy. But really, I know my brothers in eldering here, they're servants at heart. And God bless them. And it doesn't stop with the elders, our deacons, servant heart men. And it doesn't stop with our deacons. It goes on to workers in Sunday school, uh, VBS, all sorts of places. Men and women who have servants' hearts. And so there's not to be any hierarchy in that way. There's no such thing as a second class citizen in the body. Although that comes across sometimes, we don't want that we shouldn't want it if we see it we ought to say i got to say something about this cuz we don't want someone feeling second class in that way but you know what the reason why it happens is we're human and we the more that we will mature in the faith the less that kind of stuff can happen lord willing the body is one that's what we're talking about here in colossians 1 it's about the ministry And the body that he's talking about is one, yet it has many members. Just like, here's my body, my foot doesn't listen for me. Sometimes I get it stuck in my mouth, but my foot does a certain job, and yet it's a part of my body, it's one. One body, many members. And that's the idea with the church, okay? It's to affect everyone. This idea of perfection, uh, completeness, maturity, fullness. And then the second one, the second sub-point is to activate maturity. That's what it's all about. Not only for that day when you stand before God in glory, but for right now. This week, this week, can there be something that you do, Christian, that will demonstrate you're moving in a direction of maturity? Is there something you can do? Maybe you've just been a random prayer and you pray randomly. Well, maybe it's a matter of saying, like many of our women here, who keep a a journal and pray and mark down prayer requests faithfully. It's more organized. Maybe it's a matter of you can say, I will memorize Colossians 2. I will memorize, you know... And and start that way. Help your children in that way, even if they don't go to Awana. Activate maturity. Okay. The idea of maturity is for the ongoing journey of life here and now, not for glory, not for heaven. Right now, God wants you to mature in your faith. And that's the idea of his work of sanctification in our lives. Okay, so uh, the maturation process, though, listen, in in spiritual things, it doesn't happen automatically. It's not going to happen by, you know, here's, it's going to be osmosis. That's not going to happen that way. You know that. It's got to be your decision. It's your choice. It's a process that takes involvement, submissive involvement. I would sit and read and I'd say, you know, well, I read my Bible, but I didn't read it with a submissive heart. There's a big difference. You can say you read your Bible, but you'd have to ask yourself, did I read it with a kind of a humble, hungry heart, a submissive heart, a servant's heart, heart? Or did I read it just because I got it done? Way to go. See, we've got, listen, we've got Joseph's multicolored jacket right in front of us in the word of God, but we're not putting it on. Joseph got a multicolored jacket. And what did he do with it? He put it on. He wore it application he put it on you read the bible put it on let's put it on here's maturity happening here's strengthening happening okay now when maturity really takes hold and I don't stand up here saying i've i've attained it and I've I've get I've gotten there, and I'm looking down at everybody, saying, "Come on, I'm not doing that. I have to grow. I have to mature in my faith continually." Here it is. But there's a richness in the book of Proverbs, and again, parents, if you'll pay attention here and just jot these references down, um, you can go with them and study it further. But here is. Uh, wisdom taking hold of your heart proverbs one five a wise man will hear and increase in learning proverbs six twenty three for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light reproofs of instruction are the way of life proverbs nine eight verses eight and nine um, rebuke a wise man, rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Proverbs 11, verse 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, verse 1, where whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. You like that one? You know, we can kind of huddle up and say, isn't that, that's a really cool one. You know, he who hates reproof is stupid, but how often do I hate reproof? Am I hating it? So, there's all sorts of verses in Proverbs. All sorts. That if you'll take the time and invest that time and dunk your heart and your mind into those things and say, Lord, mature me, grow me, so that if admonition happens, I will receive it like a wise man, not like a fool. That's the idea why we make reference to the book of Proverbs. Okay? Number three, our last point, and that is the effort of this ministry. The effort of this ministry. We go back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. He says, for this purpose. What purpose? For maturing people. So that we present every person complete in Christ or mature. And here's the effort. He says, for this purpose I also labor. Striving, what? According... To the power, or to his power, which mightily works within me. So the effort of this ministry, the key to this is, here's participation. Now, listen. You don't have to add anything to Jesus Christ's work. He did it. We talked about that last week. He perfected it. He said it is finished. You don't have to do anything to earn your salvation or climb a ladder of success spiritually. Nothing. You believe and it's through through grace. You acknowledge that it's through grace. But here's the thing in ministry, the key is participation. There must be participation in ministry. Okay? That's that's the the deal with now here's ministry. God's given his word and he's stated it and he's equipped you and now you get involved. You participate. And it's based on, first sub-point, it's based on his enablement. He said, I'm striving according to his working, the power which works mightily within me. What's that? It's just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to serve you. I want to do it through your strength and your power, your spirit. Okay? Zechariah 4.6. Not by strength, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Okay? Then believers, the next subpoint, believers are energized. Believers are energized. And they exert effort then. Here's the issue of ministry. You know, have you been around here? You, most of you have been around for a va- vacation Bible school. After you're done, you're going, whew, wow. And there's an exertion of labor and you're then saying, and I'm going to come back. This is exciting. I'm going to come back tomorrow night. Here we go. Now, I, I recognize by Thursday night, it's, I'm not coming back Friday. <laughs> I'm whooped. I'm tired. But see, that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I serve. I, in, I exert this labor, if you will, and I'm going to serve the, the king of kings in this. Okay. So it's all based on His enablement. And then when we are doing it uh, in His strength, we're energized. If you're doing something and you're not energized in that sense, it might be that you're, you know, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. A lot of times churches just say, Come on, volunteers, we need volunteers. And uh, you, you do this. I've never done this before. Oh, the Lord will provide. And it might be a wrong fit. You can't just get anyone. You know, we want a good fit for people in ministry. Okay? So, now, as we wrap this up here, we've got the, the strategy of ministry, of this ministry. Okay? The strategy of this ministry is that we proclaim Him. And it's through admonishment, it's through teaching, and it's in all wisdom. We've got to ask God for His wisdom. And then here's the goal of ministry. It's supposed to affect everyone. Not just the, the long-timers at Parkside, not just the guys that really get in with the, the leadership. No, it's with everyone. Everyone to be involved in ministry. And then the effort of ministry is based on His power, His enablement, to energize believers. Paul uses the same word of agony. The word is this it's a struggle. It's agonism. We get the word agony from it. And he uses this word later on in Colossians. He uses the word in 1 Timothy 6:12, where he says, fight the good fight. That's a struggle. It's a the word agonize. He also uses the word in 2 Timothy 4 7. I have fought the good fight. I have agonized with this good fight. Listen, friend, the Christian life is not about just saying, I got my ticket, and now I'm sitting back, and the preaching's good, the singing's good, and I can get it on the TV and sit and just soak it in. No, it's not intended to just sit and soak it in. It's intended so that we would go. In our going, we make disciples. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. A lot of times we just limit things and we've got to say, God, please use me where I am. How, however old I am. However young. whatever I want to be used by God in ministry. So, the Christian life is no stroll in the park. Every day is a gift But every day is a struggle. A spiritual struggle. And so you have a choice, my friend. This week, you can say, I'm stepping into the struggle. The war has been won, by the way. Jesus won the war. It's done with. He's won the war. But the struggle is still there. The skirmishes are still there. And you need to be prepared spiritually. And many of you are not prepared spiritually because you don't spend time in the Word in a regular way. You spend time in the Word and ask God for His wisdom and help and get out there and recognize here, yes, it's a struggle. God, help me and help me and use me in your ministry. spiritual maturity. You want it? If you want it, it's there for you to go after. It's an individual thing. It's an individual Christian's pursuit for you to mature in your faith. Okay, here's an example and then we'll be done. This week, if, I, if what I say is true, that it's a spiritual struggle, then you can do this. Not wait for God to do something miraculous or whatever, but you have this opportunity. You put on the full armor of God. You put it on. You look at Ephesians chapter 6 and you say, I will put this on. Why? Because of the schemes of the devil. Because of the rulers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness that we live in. The spiritual forces of wickedness. They're there. They're here in Fallon. It doesn't mean you have to go to Las Vegas. They're here in Fallon. These spiritual forces and the wickedness. And so you can... You can do it, Christian, by saying, I will, I will stand firm in him. And I will put on, I will gird my waist with truth. I'm going to gird myself with truth. Okay, that means the word of God. I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. The next piece in the armor, I'm going to put that on and wear it. Because it's not my righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness that I'm putting on. I'm going to put my gospel shoes on and walk in that way. I'm going to take up the shield of faith. I will take up the shield of faith. I'm not going to have my pastor do it for me. I will take up the shield of faith. I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation and protect what goes in my mind and thinking. What am I thinking? I get challenged myself and... Why am I thinking this? This is stupid. Whatever I, whatever example, okay? But your mind can go all over the place. So keep going back to this issue. I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. And then I'm going to hold forth the word of life, the, the sword of the Spirit. And it's all to become more like Jesus. Okay? So... I got all sweaty from that, okay? Because the situation room is no place for lightweights. The situation room is no place for just partying around. The situation room calls for you to be serious about growing in Christ because that's the that's the strategy. That's the idea. Mature in Christ. Because the world is not a friend of grace. We need God's help in it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this time. Please, dear God, seal to our hearts what you want from your word. Lord, help us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Help us to bow down before you. Help us to yield to your presence in our lives and your truth in our lives. Help us, Lord, to recognize the seriousness of what goes on in in a world that is so bent on promoting man and promoting man's glory. And they've rejected you, Lord. Help us to stand firm in our faith and to grow strong and mature because that's what you you've put before us in a physical example that little children just grow no matter what we do they they will just grow and grow and i pray that we would all mature in our faith in jesus and we praise you for a, a wonderful gorgeous day help us to praise your name as we go in jesus name amen